sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. We greet you in Jesus' name. Thank each one for coming out today <clears throat> and hearing what God has for us. I find it very interesting, the theme that seems to be here talking about trusting God and God is for us and I think I will probably continue with that theme because I'm going to preach out of a psalm as well. I'm going to preach out of Psalms 23. I think I'll just read the psalm to start with and then we'll go into it. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <clears throat> a lot of the thoughts that I'm going to share this morning come from a book by Philip Keller on uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalms 23. Now, I don't know if other people have read that book or not. If you have, and this is all old stuff, I guess you'll just have to bear with me. But I find it very interesting, the points that he brings out, because he was a shepherd himself. And we all know that David was a shepherd, even though this was probably not written while he was herding sheep. It was probably written later in life, as he reflected how the Lord took care of him and compared that to how a shepherd takes care of his sheep. Now, I don't know if we have many shepherds left today. We have people that own sheep, but I don't know if we have shepherds, because I think there's a difference. People own sheep just to make money and take care of them so they make money. It seemed like shepherds had more of a relationship with their sheep. They were pets almost, and they took care of them and loved their sheep and, and just did a lot for them, <clears throat> was more sensitive to their needs. So we are compared to sheep and the Lord is our shepherd. And that's not necessarily a compliment to be compared to sheep. They're not the most, uh, sometimes they seem kind of ignorant. <clears throat> I've heard uh, a phrase by someone, or I read it, telling, saying that uh, we are sheeple, a combination between sheep and people. And 
I suppose we are, but it was given in a derogatory way, saying that a lot of people just follow the crowd. They just do whatever the crowd does. They don't think for themselves. They just go wherever, which is kind of what sheep do. And, of course, this person that made the comment was smarter than all that. He wasn't so dumb and just following people. He was thinking for himself. He would make wise choices. He would do everything right. Not like these silly people that just follow everybody. <clears throat> well, if we as sheep or people just follow other people, we're going to run into tr- trouble. It's going to be big problems. But if we have a shepherd, that makes all the difference. I think we'll see that some as we go through here. What happens to sheep when they don't have a shepherd or when they don't follow the shepherd? This is probably one of the favorite psalms of people. Most of us, I would think all of us, have it memorized. We read through this psalm, and it's a very comforting psalm. How God takes care of us and provides for us and does all kinds of good things for us. But I think as we look deeper into this, we see that there's also a commitment required of us. It's not just God does good things for us and we don't have to worry too much about it. We need to meet some requirements in order to be able to claim the Lord as our shepherd. In John 10, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's a very key element. They follow me. We need to follow Christ in order to claim these blessings. If we're not willing to follow him, we won't receive the blessings. So that very first phrase there, the Lord is my shepherd, sounds like a sheep is saying that. A sheep may be boasting to other sheep, saying, look who my shepherd is. My shepherd is the Lord. Your shepherd cannot compare to my shepherd. A sheep is boasting. Jesus said of himself that he is the good shepherd. Not just a good shepherd, he is the good shepherd. And I give my life for the sheep. And that brings us to ownership. We belong to our shepherd in two ways. First of all, he created us. And then an enemy came and stole stole us away. And then he went to the enemy and paid for us again. So we are his in two ways. And as we think through that situation, he has more claim on us than any shepherd that buys his sheep. When we want sheep, we go buy sheep. And when we pay money for sheep, they're ours. And nobody else dares take them away because they're ours. If somebody does take them away, steals them, and we find them, go talk to that person. We don't feel like we're obligated to pay any more money because they're ours to start with. <clears throat> well, Christ went to the enemy and paid for us a second time. So he has a far greater claim on us than any shepherd that buys sheep. I'm afraid we don't quite understand how fully he has claim on our lives. <clears throat> He is our shepherd and has every right to have complete control of us. 
not just most control, but complete control. That's difficult to give up sometimes our, our desire to have a little bit of control. Can we find freedom in submitting to his control? That seems like opposites, doesn't it? If we submit to someone else's control, then we don't have freedom anymore. We just have to do what they say. But with Christ, we can find freedom in that. <clears throat> Next phrase says, I shall not want. That is a very short phrase, and the shortness of it kind of makes it stand out. I don't know how you could say it any shorter. Just simply, I shall not want. My needs are all met. There is nothing more that I need than what the shepherd gives to me. That's a place that all of us would like to be, to have all our needs met. We're always working to try to meet our own needs. If we have enough money, we can go buy this to meet our need. We can go buy that to meet our need. No lack. <clears throat> but this is far beyond material needs that are met. Because as we look at the life of Christians, there's many times that Christians are going through material problems or uh, physical problems, persecution. But even in the midst of that, we can say, I shall not want. We can have confidence that whatever God brings to us is exactly what we need. <clears throat> and it should curb our desire for anything more. You know, as we look around us, there's always more that we could want. If we just have that, maybe I'd be happy. Or if we'd have that. <clears throat> when the Lord is our shepherd, we can find complete fulfillment in what he supplies for us. The next verse says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That is a beautiful picture, isn't it? Thinking of sheep on a hillside, in lush grass, laying down contentedly, you know, it just looks really nice. And it is. <clears throat> but that doesn't happen just by accident. Sheep won't lay down unless they have certain conditions met. First of all, they have to be satisfied. Their hunger needs to be satisfied. Once they're done eating, they lay down and chew their cud. As long as they're hungry, they keep walking around, finding more grass. So that's the first thing that needs to be met is their hunger. Next, there needs to be no fearful thing around. They have to be completely at ease. No enemies lurking around. If there's an enemy around, they're up and ready to flee. <clears throat> so if there's no enemy around, they can feel free to lie down again. Another thing is no pests. Flies sometimes are pests that bug sheep, flies and mosquitoes and all kinds of things. As long as those are flying around and pestering the sheep, they aren't satisfied and won't lay down and, and chew their cud. <clears throat> and also, there needs to be peace, no fighting. Sheep have pecking order, just like a lot of other animals. Surely we don't, but... Um, Sheep have pecking orders and they need to make sure that everybody behaves, you know, and 
If that's going on, there's not peace and sheep will not lie down. So how does that work out in our lives? Are we completely fulfilled and content with the food of the Lord, with what he gives us? Are we fully trusting God? We don't have to be afraid of the future. I know that the Lord is for us, keeps us from fear. No pests. Sometimes there's little things come in our lives that just bug us. There's any kinds of things that could come to us. Uh, financial difficulties or a sickness or in relationship issues. Just not really big things, but little things that keep pestering us. Are we able to let that up to God and find peace? And then, of course, no fighting. One interesting thing that the author said was that if the sheep are fighting and the shepherd comes out and walks among them, the sheep stop fighting. Oh, okay, the shepherd's here. We're going to stop fighting. We can be at peace among ourselves. What a perfect example of how his church should be. When the shepherd is among us, we don't need to fight. Next phrase there, he leadeth me beside the still waters. We need to trust God that he leads us in the best places. Sheep won't drink out of a rushing stream. They'll have to find still waters to drink out of. So the shepherd will find still waters. Still, clear, clean water. If sheep are left to themselves, they tend to drink out of any water they find, which may be a dirty puddle. It'll probably have things in it that are contaminated, bacteria and frog eggs and all kinds of stuff. Things that aren't good for them. Even though it may quench their thirst, they take in things that are not good for them that cause issues later on, makes them sick and get worms. Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink, and I will give him living water. So our shepherd truly has the best water available. And I also thought of the verse in Matthew 9.36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They were looking for something and they drank out of any puddle that they could find. And it was causing problems. He was moved with compassion on them. Our shepherd wants to lead us to the good water. There's many other places that we could drink of. The world has lots of places that we can drink of. And they may seem to satisfy for a little. But we're likely taking in unhealthy things too along with that. Things that will cause problems later on. Good clean water. (laughs) Um, The next phrase there. He restoreth my soul. 
why would we need to be restored if we're living under the care of the shepherd and he takes care of every need? It would seem like everything is going well and we never get to the place where we are, uh, how should we say, not quite right, to where we would need to be restored. But that can still happen. It can happen by um, things that we don't even think about. As we go through this, maybe that'll become more clear. Even though the Lord is my shepherd, things can happen that end up in a negative situation. Then the Lord restores us to health. One thing that happens with sheep is they become cast. And that means they end up on their back with their legs sticking up in the air and they cannot turn over. All they can do is lay there and kick and their back is too wide to be able to swing sideways and get up again. And that's a very dangerous place for a sheep. For one thing, they can't run from the enemy. Another thing, it uh, changes the position of their stomach and their guts and causes gases to build up. And eventually they will die because of it. So a shepherd is always looking out for a cast sheep. Now they probably, they might not see it lying there by itself. They might not notice it until they count the sheep and say, oh, one is missing. We got to go find this sheep. And then they look for it and hopefully they can find it before it's too late and get it back on its feet. Uh, The author of this book said he often had a habit of looking in the sky to see if buzzards were circling anywhere because the buzzards know what a cast sheep is like and it won't be too long until it dies. So he would immediately count his sheep to see if any of them were missing. Some of the reasons that a sheep ends up on its back is if they lay down in a little bit of a dip and stretch out because it's nice and wants to take a nap, they stretch out on the side and a little bit of a dip and all of a sudden they end up over center, start kicking and pretty soon they're on their back. Another reason that a sheep may end up on its back is because it's too fat. You know, if the fatter they get, the wider they are, get wider than tall. And then it's hard to get off of their back if they end up on their back. And also too much wool makes the same thing happen. So it's not wrong to take a nap. It's not wrong to lay down and relax, you know. But we need to always be on guard lest we end up on our back. And if a sheep is uh, under the control of the shepherd and has really good pasture to eat, it's going to get fat, right? It's just a natural thing that happens. And the wool is going to grow. There's nothing wrong with wool growing. But those are some things that the shepherd has to watch for and uh, do something to take care of those problems so that the sheep is not likely to end up on its back. It's something that's not pleasant for the sheep. I've never heard of a sheep that is excited about getting its wool sheared off. They struggle and sometimes they get nicked and cut from the scissors. 
but it's something that's necessary, not only to keep from, to lose weight and to keep from being, ending up on its back, but also to keep the flies and the dirt off and all kinds of good things. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So our shepherd knows our needs and is willing to do what's necessary, even though it may be painful to keep us alive and healthy. And the rest of that verse says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There's that word leadeth again. He leads us beside the still waters and now he leads us in the paths of righteousness. That means going out in the pastures to find good grass and good places to eat. If sheep are left alone to find their own way, they tend to end up grazing one area down too low and letting another area go to waste. That's just the way sheep are. They walk on the same paths and make the paths deeper and deeper and eventually it starts causing erosions, erosion and gullies. If they're left to themselves, they cause destruction to the pasture <clears throat> and the amount of food for them goes downhill. Sheep need to be led in order to prosper. We tend to, um, how should I say it? We all would say that God is leading us. Yes, we we allow God to lead us. We want him to lead us. We want to follow him. That's a good thing to say. How often do we make our decisions based on how we think or feel rather than asking God what his will is? You know, God can lead us maybe. Yeah, probably. He can, we want him to guide us in our decisions. But how many times do we say, Lord, I am done with my own thoughts. I am laying down my will. I want only your will to be done. We always want to have a little bit of say-so in the matter. We tend to say more like, uh, Uh, God, I want you to guide me. And that kind of gives the idea that we're already going somewhere. We already have an idea of how we want to go. And if God doesn't show me any other way, then I'm assuming this is the right way to go. Well, is that really allowing God to tell us what we should decide? It's kind of like, God, come along, and if if I'm doing wrong, I want you to tell me, but... That's the way I find myself doing anyway. And then it's easy to just make our own choices and assuming that it's God's will because he didn't stop us. I think really we need to spend more time laying down our will and asking God, what do you want me to think? What do you want me to decide? Okay, verse 4, kind of is a little bit of a shift in the focus of the sheep. Before that, it seems like he's boasting to another sheep. This is what my shepherd does for me. And now he starts talking to the shepherd himself. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now he's talking to the shepherd and saying, I will trust you through all the difficult ways. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, shepherds generally take, at least in some countries, probably not here, but shepherds will have a winter area, a pasture and a fold where they are, they would spend the time in the winter and the summertime they'll go up on the mountains where there's fresh pasture way up far away to find good grass and let the pastors at home rejuvenate. Well, when they're taking the sheep from the home pasture to the mountain, there's no fold that goes along with them. So it can be somewhat fearful. Plus, it says they go through a valley. When I was reading this, the author said that the way to the mountaintop is through the valleys. Well, the valleys are the bottom and mountaintops are the top. How does that work? But as you go from the bottom to the top, there's always valleys that snake away through there up to the top. And it's probably the easiest way to the top of the mountain is through the valleys. We don't really like valleys. Valleys are dark with not much sun. There's a lot more danger in the valleys because there's trees above us, there's cliffs, there is uh, ledges where wild animals can be waiting for the sheep. So we don't really like valleys. But the valleys are where the water is. The valleys are where the water is on the way to the mountaintop. Now the food is. The valleys are where the food is. Water and food are in the valleys. But here he's saying that the sheep The sheep was telling the shepherd, I am not afraid through this difficult time because I know you are here, because thou art with me. And then he says another interesting thing, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Finding comfort in the rod and staff is very interesting because a rod is sometimes used for discipline for the sheep. It's also used for protection from the enemy, but it's used for discipline. If a sheep is out of line, the shepherd will use the rod to spank the sheep. The staff is used for safety. Uh, It has a hook on it, and I don't know how they use it, but if the sheep gets too far out or gets down in the cliff, they will use the hook to hook onto the sheep and pull it back up, which causes pain. But the sheep recognizes that the shepherd has everything he needs to take care of him. He has the equipment to protect, discipline, guide, and rescue. The staff is also used to guide the sheep, just tapping a little bit on the side to make them walk straight. And there's even, uh, the author said that there's occasions where a sheep will enjoy having the rod on its side just because it's a sign of the presence of the shepherd. It's not doing any damage or guiding, really, just the connection between the sheep and the shepherd. The sheep likes that.
And then verse 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now it would appear like the sheep have gone through the valley, have gone through the difficult times, and come out on the mountaintop. Maybe there's a flat area on top of the mountain where there's good pasture. It's like God has prepared a table for him. Good pasture, good water, and there's safety. The sheep has learned to trust the shepherd through all the difficult times. It says, in the presence of mine enemies. Now enemies cannot cause the sheep to stop eating, cannot cause the sheep to rise up in fear, but is able to lie down in safety even though the enemies are around. When we truly surrender to the good shepherd, he will take us safely through all difficulties and cause us to triumph over all our enemies. What a wonderful place to be. Does that happen right now? Maybe not. Maybe not in this life, but it will surely happen in the life to come where we will triumph over all our enemies. And not only does he have his needs supplied, but he says he is anointed with oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. To me, that means he is exalted. You know, when the priests were anointed with oil, that means they were exalted to their position. My cup runneth over. More blessings than I can contain. There's nothing more that he could wish. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When David considered how how faithful God had been to him as a shepherd, this was his response. Nothing could be better. I'm going to stay here forever. Why would I want to go anywhere else? Nothing can even come close to comparing what God has prepared for his sheep, for his people. So I think in closing, I'll have everyone help us say this psalm. We're going to say it slowly so we can think of the words, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me in the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.